Father, we come into this place, this moment of time in worship. And Father, I thank you that your word says where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And your word encourages us to ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened unto you. And Father, I pray for those that are in this place that need a miracle today. Those within the sound of my voice. Those that have a sense of desperation today. Because they need something that they cannot do for themselves. They've exhausted every other option, every opportunity. And they have come to the realization that Jesus is the only way. Father, I pray that as we look into your word, I pray that faith would arise. I pray, Father, that we would begin to believe that there is a miracle that you have in store for us. So, Father, may our hearts come alive. May our eyes be open to the truth of your word. And I pray today that we would expect great things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. It's great to be with you this morning. My name's Kevin Taylor. This is Church Online at Silver Creek Church in Marquette, Michigan. It is so good to be with you today. And I have a question that I want to ask you. And the question is this. Are you desperate for a miracle in your life. I'd like us to look at the book of Mark this morning, beginning at chapter 5, the second half of verse 24, where it says, A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she had heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding around against you? His disciples answered, And yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her daughter, Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Today I'd like us to look at four different aspects that we see in this miracle of Jesus healing the woman with an issue of blood. Aspect number one that I'd like us to look at is that of isolation. This woman had been suffering in her condition for 12 years And that is a long time because during that time she would have 
been alone. We're going to look at that a little bit more, but before I do, I want to look at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. And I read this scripture many times uh, at a wedding ceremony where it says, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. And then Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 17 says, a brother is born for a time of adversity. I want you to know that the way that God has designed us, he has designed us to be in fellowship with other people. And the disorder that this woman had, had isolated her from other people. According to the Old Testament law, she would not have been permitted to get married during this time in her life. She would have had a value in her culture that would have been based on the fact that she was married, based on the fact that she would have given birth to children. In fact, if she had been married and childless, she would have been considered cursed by God. Throughout the culture of the Jews that were living in Jerusalem and throughout the area of Judea, their entire perspective, their entire viewpoint, their entire focus was on the person of Jehovah. And Jehovah was a God that was worshipped in the temple. And Solomon's temple was in the process during Jesus' day of being rebuilt by King Herod. Now, in our communities throughout the United States, we have Jewish synagogues that exist in many cities. And you might hear someone who is, uh, who is Orthodox Jew or who worships at the synagogue, you might hear them say that they are going to temple. But the actual temple would be that building that exists in the city of Jerusalem. And according to the law, only those that were clean would be allowed into the temple. You see, the temple was not just a place, but it was literally the only place on the face of the earth where the presence of God would dwell. At the heart of the temple was a small room called the Holy of Holies. Inside that small room was the Ark of the Covenant. On the top of the Ark of the Covenant, there were two angelic beings called cherubim with their wings stretched out toward one another. And between those cherubim, there was the cloud of God, the Shekinah glory of God that dwelled upon the earth. And so the Jews would come to worship there at the temple. The temple was the place for ritual purification by the sacrifice of the blood of animals. It was the place on earth that a person could go to become clean in front of God. This woman was isolated from her family, this woman was isolated from her friends. She was isolated from God. She would have been treated like a second-class citizen wherever she went. In fact, she would have been ignored and overlooked and disrespected. I know that there are many in our society today that feel the same way about the church, that they've been overlooked, that they have 
been isolated, that they have been separated, whether figuratively or literally, they've been, they have been separated and overlooked by the church. Maybe they're isolated because of their past sin that others have found out about through the consequences that they may have had to pay for those sins. Maybe they feel isolated uh, from their family and their friends. Maybe they're, they're isolated. They literally feel isolated from God. Maybe they feel isolated from the rest of the body of Christ. And they may sit in church week after week but they're isolated. Friends, I want you to know that no matter how isolated you feel, no matter how separated you feel, that God can, does, and is willing to right now reach through that sense of isolation to bring healing into your life. I'm so grateful for the book of Hebrews where God reminds us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. This woman's isolation was incredibly significant and that isolation in her life led to a sense of desperation. Aspect number two I'd like to look at is desperation. You see, the Old Testament law was very clear about bleeding. In fact, not only was this woman considered unclean because of her bleeding, but everyone who came in contact with her would also become unclean. In fact, if you touched the bed that she slept on, if you touched a chair or a couch that she would recline on, if you touched the linens, the dirty linens that were from her bed, if you touched her her clothing, dirty clothing, you would also be considered unclean. If you came in direct contact with her, the same thing would apply. And this woman, when she would go out into public, she would have to identify herself to those around her as unclean. In fact, she was given instruction that she would have to shout in public the word unclean so that those who were in the general vicinity that she was in could make sure that they did not come in contact with her. It was a warning so that they did not accidentally touch her because if they touched her, they then would also become unclean and they would not be allowed to go into the temple where the presence of God dwelled, where they were able to become essentially clean before God in their worship. Let me read to you from Numbers chapter 19 of in verse 20 here, in a verse that really shows us the seriousness with which God and the Jews took this. But if those who are unclean do not purify themselves, this is the ritualistic process of purification in the temple, they must be cut off from the community because they have defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. The water of cleansing has not been sprinkled on them, and they are unclean. So if someone would not 
go through the process of ritualistic purification, they would be cut off from the community. This woman and her condition of a permanent flow of blood was deemed unclean. Now, today, if you or I worked in the health field, and let's say that we had the responsibility of working with COVID-19 patients. I don't know about you, but I'm sure that I would wear multiple uh, hospital gowns. I would probably wear more than one pair of gloves. I would wear a face mask. I would wear a shield. I would use all of the PPEs that would be available to me to protect myself. This is exactly how the Hebrews viewed uncleanness. They viewed it almost as something that you could catch because it would put them in a position where they were unclean before God. And, and people that would carelessly cause other people to become unclean the law would actually allow for that person to be executed by stoning them to death. So I want you to imagine for a moment how desperate this woman was. There is a crowd that is pressing in around Jesus, and she has made a calculated decision that she is not going to warn anyone that she is going to come into contact with them. She's not going to let them know that she is unclean. And in this process, there is no doubt in my mind that she would have touched numerous people in the process of getting to Jesus. She's undoubtedly aware of the Old Testament law, but she is so desperate that she is willing to risk even the penalty of death. You see, those who are desperate, they don't care about anything else. They don't care what anyone thinks of them. They are desperate for a miracle. They are desperate for something. I know growing up in the church, I remember at the end of many services when the pastor would give an altar call, I remember thinking to myself, I don't know if I want to respond. What are people going to think of me? When we become desperate, truly desperate for God to touch us, we don't care what others think about us. And this woman had been isolated for the past 12 years and she had come to the place of desperation. My question to you is this, are you desperate for a miracle? Are you to the point where you don't care what anyone else thinks? That you are, are just literally, you're desperate. This woman was desperate in spite of everything, in spite of her contamination. And aspect number three is exactly that contamination. I am so glad that Jesus isn't afraid of uncleanness. Do you know that in Jesus' ministry, they referred to him as a drunk? They did it, they said that because he hung out with tax collectors and sinners who are considered the worst people in Jewish society. 
In Matthew's gospel, he tells us about a man who had leprosy, who came to Jesus and knelt before him and asked Jesus to heal him. Now, leprosy was thought of as a very highly contagious and infectious disease. And as we look at the scripture in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus doesn't hesitate. He is not afraid. And we read in verse number 3, it says, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Jesus had no fear. Jesus did not hesitate. He did what others would not do by touching that person. He was not afraid, and Jesus' lack of fear was both literal and figurative. Because we read in, the, in Luke's gospel that Jesus allowed a woman who was sinful to anoint him. We read about it in Luke chapter 7, verse 39. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Here's what I get from this scripture. Jesus is not afraid to get down and dirty with the likes of you and I, you and me. That, that Jesus is not afraid of the uncleanness that's been in my past. He's not afraid of the uncleanness or unsavoriness that might be in your past. Jesus didn't, he didn't look at, at, at us as being unclean when it came to our salvation. That he looked beyond that and he came to a place where he offered us forgiveness. Maybe there's something in your past that's made you feel unworthy. Maybe there's something in your life that makes you feel unclean. I want you to know that Jesus is completely willing to, to hang out with you, to be a part of your life, and your past contamination is of no concern to him, that he is willing to be with you. In this woman's life, contamination caused her isolation, and it caused her desperation, but it did not stop her determination. Aspect number four is determination. You see, this woman tried everything. She tried every medical thing that was available to her. She did everything she could to get an answer for this issue that had dominated her life for the past 12 years. Every doctor that was available every remedy that could be thought of. Barclay's commentary tells us that there were no less than 11 different possible remedies in the Jewish law that would be available to her, and none of them worked. Now, the Jewish law that they were looking to was not the Scripture but it was still part of their religious tradition. I want you to think for a moment about trying 11 different treatment options. Some of you 
would even be able to identify with this because in your life that you have fought a disease or a disorder and you've been willing to try whatever medical professionals put in front of us to say, hey, here's how you treat this. And you, like this woman, may have come up in the same result where none of those were able to work. And I have no doubt that this woman tried all of them, that she exhausted every option that was available to to her because that's what you do when you're desperate. One of the articles that I read in preparation for my message even alluded to the idea of carrying uh, ashes from an ostrich egg in a cloth that somehow it was felt that that would produce healing in her condition. It sounds ridiculous to you and I, but desperate people are willing to do whatever it takes to get the healing that they need. She had consulted, the Bible says, many doctors, that she had spent all of the resources that she had. And I don't know where she got those resources. Were they from her family? Were they from the community at large? But she had exhausted every opportunity. She was out of money. She was out of ideas. And there was only one option left to her. She had heard about a man named Jesus who was in her area. She heard that he was in close proximity. Maybe she heard the buzz of the crowd as Jesus was there that day. And as I've been reading the scripture and thinking about it, I think about the man named Jairus, that Jesus is going to go heal the family member from Jairus' family. And the the crowd is pressing in. and, And Jairus was an important man. He was a leader in the synagogue. And the crowd was very excited. They were pressing in and she has this idea. We don't even know that she knows anything about Jesus, but she's heard that he's going to go heal one of Jairus's family and she thinks to herself, if I can only get close enough to touch his clothing, I can be healed. The Amplified Bible says that she slipped in from behind. I'm quite sure that she did not want to be recognized because those who were familiar with her would know that she was unclean. And they would see her and they would, the, that they would identify her as being unclean and her opportunity would be lost. And so I imagine that she might have even covered her head. And I imagine rather than coming in at head level, she probably came in lower than that so that people could not see. Maybe she even crawled along the dust in between feet to get close to Jesus. And she reaches out and she touches Jesus' clothing. And the Bible says that immediately she became aware that her suffering was over. Immediately she became aware that the issue of bleeding that she had suffered with for 12 years had stopped. It was over. It was done. I think it's interesting that Jesus asks the question, who touched me? Who touched my clothing? His disciples said, Jesus, there's people everywhere. They're pressing all over you. They're they're touching you. And you're asking us who's touched you? It didn't make sense to them. But you see, Jesus, the Bible says, felt power 
go out from himself. Jesus knew that someone had been healed in the midst of the crowds that were crushing in. And I'm positive that she was not the only sick person that was there that came in contact with Jesus and that had touched him. So the question that I have is, how come those other people were not healed and she was? I'm reminded of what the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 11, verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. This woman suffered isolation. That isolation led to her desperation. She suffered contamination, but she also had determination. She had faith. She believed that if she could touch Jesus' clothing, that she would be healed. Now, we don't write doctrine based on events like this. But as we look through Scripture, I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul that there were people that took strips of clothing that had been a part of his wardrobe and they took them and laid them on the sick and they were healed. We don't, we don't write doctrine based on that, but yet we see that God, it pleases God to respond to faith. Faith with action brings us to a place where we access God's miraculous power. Her isolation led to her desperation. In spite of her contamination, but it did not stop her determination. Let me ask you this question. Are you battling isolation today? You desire a miracle from God, but whatever your issue is, may, maybe it's your past, maybe it's your present, but you feel isolated. You're isolated from your family. You're isolated from the community. You feel isolated even from God. Maybe you feel that the prayers that you pray literally bounce off the ceiling and come back and sit in your lap. You feel isolated. And that sense of isolation has caused you to become desperate. You feel like you're not worthy. You feel like you're contaminated. Maybe you feel like you're unclean. Maybe you feel like you're unforgiven. Maybe you feel like there's things that you've done in your life where you could never be clean before God and you are desperate. Today, I want to encourage you and I want you to be determined. Determined to press through and to touch Jesus. Because I believe that his power is still accessible for you and I today. Look at 2 Corinthians as I close, chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Paul says, for we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. 
perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. Friends, do not let anything stop you today from getting a hold of God. Be desperate. Desperate to receive the miracle that He has for you. And step out in action. Let that desperation drive you. Let it engage your faith. Reach out and touch Him. And I believe that God has something very special for you today. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that that you encourage us to step out in faith. And I thank you that it pleases you that you still connect with us through those acts of faith, that you work when our faith is engaged. And Father, though this woman was isolated, Lord, though she suffered contamination, Lord, though though all of these things happened to her and she was desperate, Father, she was determined that she would not let those things stand in her way. And she reached out. And she touched your clothes. Father, I pray today for the one that is here that is desperate for a miracle. Father, I pray that they will reach out to touch your garment. That they will touch you. And that in doing so, they reject the isolation. They reject the sense of contamination. They, they fight through the desperation. And with determination, they reach out to touch you. And Father, I'm so grateful because I believe today that you are reaching out to us. So Father, I pray that they will receive healing today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.